I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What's good, everybody? We took a few days off. It's been a long season. We needed to reset, recalibrate, but we're back. It's Friday. Do you know what's good about Friday? It's the day before the weekend, baby. Let's go. I love it. I love it. I hope everybody's doing well. Hope y'all have recovered from the disappointment, shock, horror, sadness, however you want to describe it. We're done. It's done. We're moving on to happier times. It's summertime, baby. Yo, it's so hot here, bro. (laughs) As usual, I'm joined by my homie, my compadre, my co-host in crime, Mr. Will Weir. What's popping, Will? What's good, Taylor gang? And I, you know, I like that sentiment. We're moving on. We're moving forward. I mean, listen, like it's it's been a little over what a week plus or whatever. Yeah. You know, the the Warriors had their celebration. They did everything. Yada yada yada. Like, man, l- let's be real. Now that we got a little bit extra space for time and reflection, that was a hell of a year. That was a lot of fun. And like, to the conversations that we're gonna get in today, like, it's super exciting because we feel right there. And no longer is it. I see the vision. We literally just we were in the we were in the mix a week and a half ago, so we know that it's right there. Just got to fine tune a little bit, and you know we're we're gonna get into that a little bit today. No wonder, just vision. See, what I did that. I like that. I like that. See, what I did that. <laughs> that was an MCU reference for any of you that aren't familiar. If you're not familiar, get familiar. But I agree. You know, we as you said, we've gone through the teething issues. We've gone through the this team in a year or two will be. X, Y, or Z, and now we're where X, Y, and Z are. And it's definitely, to me, it's minor tweaks now. You know what I mean? It's figuring out what's missing and making those minor adjustments. And that's kind of where I want to start with minor adjustments. I see a few people out there, you know, media included. Chris Gasper, I'm looking directly at you right now, talking about Marcus Smart needs to be traded. And I get the sentiment. But I also disagree wholeheartedly. I was going to say I don't. I don't even know if I agree with the sentiment, but <laughs> I get the sentiment. But like, okay, so I don't know if you saw it, but Keith Smith put a tweet out um, on Wednesday, and so we're going back a few days. And if you follow Keith, you know that you're never finding that tweet because there's too many in between. But um, it basically, and I agree with this sentiment. It was like, okay, so you want to trade Marcus Smart for another point guard? Name the point guard. Yep. And it can't be Chris Paul. It can't be Chris Paul, baby. So, like, the only name you can tell me where I'm going to agree, and it's almost impossible, is DeJounte Murray. Yeah, in which we've passed that date of of that being a realistic conversation. You chose Derek White, move on. You know, Tyrese Halliburton's not going anywhere. You missed that one, too. Move on. Those are your only other pass-first point guards, really. And they maintain your defense, and that actually brings something, you know, an an additional element to the team, an additional skill set. Like, that's those are the handful of guys. Oh, Drew Holiday, maybe. That's, I mean, these are all names that are not happening. So if you're going to put that out there, I'm with Keith. Like, what's the, what's the realistic alternative? And, and I don't think anyone has a real answer for that because there isn't one. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I just want to put that straight out there. I'm not against trading smart if you have to to make a deal work you know smart's got to be a throw in for nikola Jokic down the road you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? you can make that so work be it, bro. so be it but that's not happening 
You know what I mean? So this is so at the end of the day, in my opinion, Marcus Smart was the starting guard and the team that went to the NBA Finals. He was the defensive player of the year. First guard to do so since Gary Payton. He's, yeah, he's going to make some mistakes. He plays with his heart on his sleeve. Isn't that why everybody loves him? You can't love him for it and then punish him for it in the same sentence. You know what I mean? It's one yeah. audio, and, and that's where I kind of stand on that. Can, can I correct one thing you said, Adam? You, can. you said he was the starting guard on an NBA Finals team. I'm just going to call him the starting point guard. Like, that that's what he was. He was the starting yeah. point guard. And and, I, and I'm doing this as a joke. I know what you meant. I'm just, I'm just trying to point out yeah. for, for, the, for those listeners out there that are going to be like, see, we need another. It's like, listen, we questioned for years if this man could be the point guard. You gave him the keys. And the key with the keys, he took this team not not individually, of course, but he took this team as the starting point guard, as the defensive player of the year in the NBA, to the NBA Finals. Did things start to fall off the rails a little bit towards the end? Yes, but but I'm gonna be real with you. I I look at this season, and one of the biggest takeaways for me is that when things started to break down, I don't really want to take away too much from the Warriors' defense, which which was special. It, it was it was very special, and clearly they have that pedigree that that's built into their system, into the the heart of that team. It's it's a whole different scenario, but I really look at the end of that Miami series into you know into the finals. Fatigue in my mind played such a massive role in the storyline of what went wrong with this team. And we've talked about this before. When you get tired, what do you do? You kind of fall into these traps of, of, of what feels safe. And a lot changed this year for the Celtics, whether that's mm-hmm. Tatum, the way he attacked the basket and his playmaking, whether that's the responsibilities the Jays collectively had, Marcus Smart and his decision making, thinking playmaking first, scoring second. And a lot of those bad habits kind of crept in collectively as a team when they got fatigued and you know while certainly the Warriors played a part in it I think that fatigue down the stretch when you're basically going you know eight guys for five months and then by the time you get to the finals you really only feel comfortable playing about five and a half guys that's gonna happen and you're banged up so I I honestly think for me as we look to this offseason how do we get more depth how do we get more quality time throughout the season and in the playoffs leading up to this moment so that when you feel like hey in this really tense NBA finals type scenario. And I got to go six guys. They have the legs to do it or they feel rested because these guys weren't. And I think with that, that's where you saw some of the, you know, the bad habits pop back up. And unfortunately that's the lasting image. And that's why you get jokers like Chris Gasper talking about trading, you know, Marcus smart. And, and I think that's unfortunate because I don't think that's the, the full picture of what the season was for Marcus smart specifically, or this team. And I think that when you look at it, like you look at it from a a holistic approach and you look at it, like, as you said, you, you need to be able to know that your six guys have got legs down the stretch. You need to be able to know that when you come holistically, do they need another point guard? The answer is yes. I don't know if you agree. I think they do. No, in fact, no, let me correct myself. Do they need another ball handler? That's what I was going to say. Irrespective yeah. of position. The answer is yes, they do. Does that mean that Marcus Smart has to be sacrificed? No. You have some TPEs with apparently Brad Stevens and Wick both confirming we'll do what needs to be done. That wasn't Checkbook's a guarantee open. of spending. Bank's yeah. open right now. At least, at least that's what they're saying. Just don't ask them to back up the Brinks truck because you're getting traded. Um, <laughs> but as long as you don't do that, as long as you're not expecting the pay, then all of a sudden you're going to be okay. There are guards out there that can come in and 
maybe split some minutes where Pritchard isn't as valuable. You know, at the end of the day, Pritchard's a floor spacing guard. He's not the guy you want asking to drive and kick consistently. That's not his game, at least not yet. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. You do need some playmaking. I've said this on multiple podcasts. I would much rather that come from the wing than from the guard position. You already have a system that sees the wings handle the rock a ton bringing it up the floor, initiating pick and roll offense, doing what they like, you know, Jalen Brown drive, kick, Jason Tatum drive, kick, Jason Tatum isolate, wait for the trap, kick. Having that extra wing to me is far more valuable than going on a fruitless run to try and bring in a Tyus Jones or a Corey Joseph or whoever it may be that quite frankly isn't much better than what Peyton Pritchard could be if he has enough for season of development. I would, I would, I would push back a little bit on that. Cause I would 100% take Tyus Jones over, over um, Peyton Pritchard, but I don't yeah, think that's a realistic option. Like that's like, here's the thing. Like Tyus Jones is a free agent. He, he's going to go get money that we can't offer. him. He's getting more than the, the taxpayer mid-level that we have, which is about 6.4 million. He's getting more than that. And that's, that's literally all we have to offer. So, so to me, like, like that's that's even a different scenario that just doesn't exist, you know, where I'm choosing between Peyton Pritchard and and Tyus Jones. But but I think you're spot on with what you said about, you know, this the the extra depth coming from the wing. And ideally it's coming from someone that can handle the ball a little bit from the wing, and you're you're kind of touching on two of these different areas of need, right? And this is where I think it starts to get interesting and where I think we can maybe start to transition to maybe some of the rumors that are out there or some of the potential options that exist. And the one that I've seen popping up today that I, that I really like, and I got a shout out because I didn't have a chance to, to look into it, but I saw our guy uh, Greeny from, from Barstool uh, talked about this. When I heard the rumor, I, I, it came to my mind, but I wasn't positive on this is Alec Burks from, from the Knicks. I think this is a really interesting candidate and he spent about 30% of his, of his playing time last year at the point guard, not saying he should be a point guard, but he has the ability to handle the ball. And you look at, you think about him playing for the Knicks. What's one thing Tibbs is going to do as we, as we all know, you ain't playing unless you play some defense. So I'm not saying Alec Burks is making an all defensive team, but you got to be able to play. So if that's not a sign off from a guy like Tibbs that he could come into a system like the Celtics have, he's six foot six, spent 30 plus percent of his playing time this past season at the point guard position has shot just under 40% consistently for about four years. Now we had a decent clip of, of shooting about four, four to five and a half per game. Like, I think this is a guy that's really intriguing to me as one of those TPE candidates, especially where if the Knicks are trying to, as it's rumored are trying to make some room to go after, whether it's Jalen Brunson or Kyrie Irving or or whatever the hell the Knicks are going to do, which the Knicks are going to Nick. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, if they're trying to make that room, this is the perfect example of what you want to use that TPE on where you can utilize it to its full extent. So I think this is a really interesting guy that covers some of the exact skill sets that that you're discussing. I like Burks. I think he was impressive last season. Let me sit up. Okay, I'm sitting up. I think he was impressive last season. I think he fits a need. He's versatile, can play multiple positions, has some good size, can score the ball, can handle the ball. I think that's an underrated candidate. Like, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. As you said, he's signed off by Tibbs for his defense. He'd fit right in with what Udoka wants to do. He's switchable, can run the floor. I, I'd go, I'd go, with, I, he'd get minutes, I'd go with him. I'd be more than happy if Burks was a pickup. I want to start my own little hype train. Yeah, if you let's want, do it. 
if you want a defensive minded guy, can handle a ruck a little bit, can score a little bit, shades of Marcus Smart, shades of Derek White. Definitely can't shoot very well, so he's going to fit in directly with the Boston Celtics, right? But if you want that extra ball handler, De'Anthony Melton, see what type of trade you can shake free for De'Anthony Melton. I think he's an exceptional fit on the def- defensive end. I think that he's uh, he's shown enough that he, he does have some scope to improve scoring the ball. And I don't think he's going to cost you the earth. I know that the Grizzlies love him, mm-hmm. but you know they, they've got some hard decisions coming up. Yeah, I, I got to be honest, that, that probably wouldn't be my favorite choice. And part of it's exactly what you said is he's a great defensive fit. But I look at this finals and and I see the the depth that we're lacking and we didn't crack 100 points four different times in this finals. We held the, the Golden State Warriors who came into the finals as the number one offensive rating team in the entire postseason. You know, we held them to under 108 points every single game. We couldn't crack the 100-point barrier. For me, I'm absolutely more looking towards a guy that plays, you know, ideally I'd like someone that can that can go both sides of the ball and be at a high level. But let's be real, for the for the TPE, the mid-level, the type of guys that we're talking about, it's very rare you get somebody that, that can do that and, and not get paid, you know, 20-plus million, which is something the Celtics don't have the luxury of right now. And so for me, D'Anthony Melton not really being able to give you much on the offensive end from what I just saw in the finals were clearly lacking offensive versatility offensive options was something that that really hurt the Celtics that would be something that 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 scares me to to lean more into even more heavily whereas I want to look for guys that that to me have something they can bring on the offensive end whether it's ball handling shooting playmaking you know when we get to bigs they can kind of replicate the rob role of like you've talked about with javel mcgee who's another great candidate that can can live in that dunker spot you know i i I think those are the guys that i'm going to be looking for even if some of them are going to not quite be up to the standards of of what we have on the on the defensive side because i look at the warriors and like you know let's just use jordan pool as an example not a great defender, horrible at navigating screens, and he played far less in the finals than he did in other parts of the of the playoffs and certainly during the regular season. But he still did just enough to give you the contributions that the Warriors needed from an offensive standpoint, hitting some yeah. timely shots, making a few plays when necessary, even though he wasn't the the guy that that was a most improved player candidate was, you know, uh, you know, six man of the year type candidate, even though he wasn't that guy in that particular series, he still gave you enough. And I think the Celtics need to look at guys that, Hey, they're, they're, they're not up to quite our standards of defense, but they're really going to boost our offense and we can get by with them. So we can, cause you need to score more points. And that, that's what I think is a huge flaw with this team is where do the points come from? And so that would scare me with a guy like the Anthony Melton. So I will say that Melton shot 37.4% from three on five attempts a game. Okay. That's that's yeah. better than I would have guessed off the top of my head. Yeah. A 50% effective field goal sh- shooting, which is a slightly above average um, or around about average. Came off the bench for most of the season. Shot 40% from the field. 2.7 assists. He gives you some shooting, but it's not off-ball shooting primarily. He can play off-ball. I mean, he's playing alongside John Morant, so mm-hmm. he's like... You know, if you if you can't play off ball, you better learn how to play off ball. John Morant's gonna have the ball, not you. Um, but yeah, he's just an option that I think that if you were gonna make a trade and look to bring somebody in that could give you some scoring, give you some three point shooting, but f- continue to fit in with that defensive ethos, then 
D'Anthony Melton to me should be a prime candidate. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm curious about that, and I'm probably going to push that narrative for a few weeks just to see how everybody else feels. <laughs> um, he's he's the new Rubio for you. Yeah, dude. Like, see, then now Rubio, you want to buy low. Like, the thing with Rubio is his recovery from this new ACL is going to bleed into next season. Oh, which means sure. by the time you you have him back up and running, back and and. A level where he can contribute effectively. You're already in January, mm-hmm. maybe even February. You know what I mean. And then you've got to integrate him. And I just think that you, the, the ideal, the idea with a guy like Rubio is you bring him on a one year prove yourself deal to prove his fitness and then go get paid elsewhere. And he's not going to play for the first half of the season. So to me, as much as his fit makes perfect sense, the weight to actually utilize that fit. Is too long for me, but if you've got like if you're looking towards the playoffs and you need somebody to break down the half court defenses and whatnot, then you know maybe taking that flyer on Rubio isn't the worst thing in the world. He can defend, yeah. he's got size. I, I still like that Rubio fit, and I think you're getting for cheap simply because of this injury. But yeah. you can probably I think, get, I think there's a couple of guys that fit into this mold to be honest. So like, I was, gonna I, say, I was gonna say TJ Warren and Joe Ingles are two other guys that I think kind of fit into this. I, I'll be honest, I don't know. I think the Ingles timeline is a little bit like sketchier as far as you know, like, yeah. he'll be ready like February, March. I think Rubio's a little bit before that, and TJ Warren's just a massive unknown because he hasn't yeah. played and you know, since the bubble, which is funny. I was thinking about this earlier today as we were getting ready for this podcast. And, you know, TJ Warren, I'm pretty sure he was the MVP in the bubble. Remember he had a bubble joint game, 40 but Yeah. So I mean it's it's it, it's it stinks for him that he had probably the best moment of his career followed up by immediate, you know, two years of of injuries and barely playing an NBA game, but TJ Warren's always been a guy that that I really liked and where I'm thinking about, you know, who's a guy that can go get you some points. Certainly, if you're getting if you're if you're getting bubble Jordan, that's a good place to start. But I think all three of those guys in in different ways are are worth exploring. I, I think the cost on all of them will be really intriguing to me because it would be it, it would be tough to justify if they're not going to be available for large portions of the season, even though the goal with them is going to be the playoffs ultimately, and that's where I think you could make the case for it. Like, can you use the, the full taxpayer mid-level on those guys? Or do you really have to hope that those guys are are sitting there for, for vet minimums towards the end of the off season and you convince them like, hey, come with us. We'll ramp you up and just, we just want you for the playoffs. And that's where you're going to make your money anyways. So I, I just think it depends on what, what scenario in which they, they could be an option. So the cautionary tale really is the Lakers, right? Like you look at a team that built themselves for the playoffs that, you know, whenever somebody got injured, it was always, and I keep saying, you know, it was always, we don't need to worry. We'll be, when, when the playoffs come, we'll be ready. All we need to do is make the playoffs. And then suddenly you've had that many injuries, that many guys have missed time. You don't make the playoffs. And now your roster that's constructed for postseason basketball never sees the light of day. You bring in a guy and tell yourself, Hey, we need him for the playoffs. This is when he's going to be useful but you've used every now this isn't really a risk for Boston because they've already proven to be playoff caliber, but you know, having somebody like Warren, that you're not going to see the best of until the playoffs is a big issue for me. I want to be, I want you to be ramping them up in January, February, and I want him to be consistently healthy to prove that that health is legit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Same yeah. as Rob. When you look at Rob, it's like 
man, you can be healthy all regular season. As soon as it comes close to the playoffs, the injuries pulls up. Then we don't see the best of you for pretty much the entire postseason. We credit you for playing through pain. But full full health Rob is better than half health Rob. And I don't want to see the same with like a TJ Warren or a Ricky Rubio. So I like your idea. Like, hey, if we can get you on a vet min, we'll do that. But I don't really want to give you the taxpayer MLE when there's guys out there that I can go and spend it on that I know that can help me from day one. Yeah. And that and to me is important. Well, well let's go let, let's go there. Let's talk about the the taxpayer MLE for a little bit. So it's it's about I think six point four million is what I think we're we're looking at here for that taxpayer. It's like six two six three. It's around that mark. Yeah, so we're we're looking right in that area here. I got it pulled up here, six point three three. So it's just under six four. So who are some guys that you're thinking of? I know you you've talked about Javale McGee. I think he's one of those guys that I look at and God, I, I'm I'm with you. I I've been doing ever since you've brought that up. I've thought more about it, and he probably is honestly a perfect guy for that spot. My biggest worry is that someone is willing for you know, a year or a two year deal to exceed that 6.5 is coming off a one year, $5 million deal with the Suns, And depending what happens with DeAndre Ayton, they may be willing to do that. If they lose Ayton, they're going to be, you know, they might not mind spending a little extra in the short term to try and maintain their team. But who are some other guys that you're, that you're looking at? Let's say outside of JaVale McGee for right now, when we look to that taxpayer <laughs> mid-level. Yeah. So I like um one of the guys on my list at the moment, and I need to remember his name, was Bruce Brown. I like Bruce Brown yeah. from, from Brooklyn. I kind of, I don't know whether the funder are going to exercise their option to try and get something back, but I like Mike Muscala as, as a as a scoring threat. Nick Batum that opted out of his contract yesterday with, the, well, sorry, yesterday when we are recording, who opted out of his contract on Tuesday with the Clippers is another option for me. And then like, if I'm, I've just pulled up the free agents. Do you think, could you get Looney? Would you want Looney? Does he really? He doesn't really give you what you need, but he's a good rebound. He's another guy that might get might get overpaid as well. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think for that mid level, I would be very happy with Looney. I just, I, I think you know, coming off a finals run, he's primed to get probably his best payday. So he's probably going to try and explore that option. Can you get somebody like Lonnie Walker? I doubt it. I really doubt it. He's restricted anyway, so San Antonio matched that. Yeah, for me, it's probably those guys. So it's going to be Nick Batum. It's going to be Bruce Brown. It's going to be that type of Mike Muscala type build where you're just focusing on one specific skill set with a bit of defensive versatility. If you can go and land, and this is, I've always been a fan of this guy, and people are going to roll their eyes. I just like his game, and I have done since I was a kid. So I have a little bit of a rose-tinted glasses. If you can go oh, and bring can I, in... Oh, can I, can I guess? Yeah. Carmelo? Yeah. If you can go yeah. bring Carmelo on a vet, <laughs> mean, you know, he, he he produced in LA last season, dude. It weren't like no little... Yeah, he, he, was, he, he, was was one of, he was one of the few bright spots that they yeah. had was was looking at Carmelo. And yeah, I mean, I think for me, yeah, he, he's past the days of the of the mid-level. But, you know, on a vet min, I, I do think yeah. he's an interesting option. Here Here's one that I, I heard today kind of thrown around. I can't remember where... And this would have to be a buyout first. John Wall, he has so to get see. bought out. He has to get bought out. This is not obviously trading for him, but if he's bought out, I think that's a pretty interesting candidate as a as a backup guard. He could end up like I'm going to be honest. Nobody's seen John Wall play in over two years. We don't know what John Wall is anymore. He could come in and be starting guard caliber. He could be. 
it's not likely, but he could be. He's John Wall. He, at one point, he was one of the best point guards in the league. I remember watching John Wall play just before he hurt himself, and he was ex- exceptional. And yeah. now, granted, at the I mean, time, it's he was been three years. You know, it's yeah. you know, we're, we're we're unsure what that looks like. But you know, I feel like why can't he be in a different way? what Derek Rose has become, right? Like yeah. that, 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 that veteran backup point guard that on certain nights can pop scoring wise. And I think John Wall was probably, I mean, this is tough when you think about like prime Derek Rose, like who's the better passer of the two, maybe it's pretty close, but like just someone that, 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 that has been in those lead positions. You know, we talk about like, I don't think the Celtics need to get rid of Marcus Smart by any by any means, but I think they do need a guy that sometimes could come in and reliably say, hey, everybody calm down. Let's get into our offense. Like, and John Wall's been a guy that, hey, he's had the ball in his hands, late game, big tight possessions. Like he's, he, he's going to be a guy that's like, hey, I'm going to get you the ball. You're like, I mean, obviously I think the one worry is that it took Rose a while to get here to this position where it's like, I'm not, old Derrick Rose. I'm new old Derrick Rose. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Is so that happened to Melo? You know, you want, you're not for Melo sure. Anthony anymore. It took, it took him a few stops. Took until he got to Portland to really like find himself as role player Melo, not the guy Melo. I, I think that I genuinely believe that if you've got John Wall coming off the bench in the finals with this, a similar team to what we saw this year and you're against the Warriors, I think, and, and Wall's healthy and productive. That's a huge swing factor, man. Huge. It could be. I mean, I mean, I think that same thing as as the mellow. I think Wall's another. You know, if he gets bought out from Houston or traded and then bought out, whatever might happen. I think that is another interesting name for for a guy that that could play a role. And honestly, he's one that like if we could get him in there early enough, if, if it ends up being that hey, it's you know he can't get through that mentality of being this new version of John wall. That's okay. Let it go. Move on. Like it's a veteran minimum. That's, that's what they're there. That's, that's kind of the, the beauty of that scenario. But if it pops, man, that could be invaluable, especially when there's like a relative limited flexibility of, of what you can do to improve. As we've talked about the back end of that bench might as well have been me, you and Greg, like it, it, it didn't matter. Yeah. And when it came to the playoffs. So if you could even put John wall in that scenario where it's like, you know, I mean, you look at, not that it worked out, but but the Vic Oladipo spot for the for the Heat, where like he didn't have to play every game, but there were certain times where you could put him in, and, and you know John Wall's going to be a guy that's ready to play earlier than Vic is, so you can figure out which roles and which scenarios he might pop in. So you know if if that happens, I do think that's a really interesting guy for the Celtics to look at. And it's a chip on your shoulder. You've been sat while healthy on a team that's losing, mm-hmm. knowing that you could change their fortune. Now, don't get me wrong. Houston wanted to lose. That was their opera. What was it? Modus operandi. There we go. That was their modus operandi. But at the same time, that can't be easy. We saw our Horford come from a similar situation and ball out. Now Horford didn't have the injury history that John Wall has. I understand that. But what I'm getting at is does the XD added motivation is there, mm-hmm. especially if a buyout happens. Like that's a little bit like you're not good enough. It's either you're not good enough to take us to where we want to be or you're too good to allow us to be as bad as we want to be. Either way, it's not a great fit right now. I don't see John Wall staying. I see him getting bought out. And then I think that that's a good pickup. Yeah. You can pick him up. JaVale McGee and Carmelo Anthony. Well, now you've got an old bench, but you know, at least you've got that veteran leadership you wanted. Another guy I like 
if you can pick him up for cheap and find a way to move on from Daniel Tice's, have Jalen Smith as your rim runner and who can pick him up a little bit. That's young, an interesting one. Yeah. But it's got to be the right deal, right? It's got to be cheap. Yeah. You don't want to be paying this dude anywhere near an ex- like a mid-level because he hasn't exactly. proven himself valuable. He hasn't been able to cement himself anywhere he's gone. But in so, a reduced role, why not? So let's go back to the mid-level for one second because I got two guys I want to throw at you and, and get your, your reaction. One of, one of them is the guy that we just saw in the NBA Finals. You mentioned Looney. I'm curious about the the other guy from their front court that they put into the starting lineup, Otto Porter. I think he's been a guy that I've always kind of been intrigued with as a fit for this Celtics team. Uh, I think obviously he played well enough throughout the postseason and in the finals that he probably has worked himself into that mid-level candidacy. So he's a guy I'm interested in. And then the other one I want to get your thought on is slow-mo Kyle Anderson, another Grizzlies guy. I know you brought up D'Anthony Melton earlier. Kyle Anderson's a guy that, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of funky. It's kind of weird, but it's kind of fun when he's out there playing. You don't really know what to expect. It's a, it, it's, it's definitely a change up. It, it's a real kind of like, it, it, I mean, that's why his nickname is slow-mo. He doesn't make a ton of sense when you watch him play out there, but, but I think those are two guys and Kyle Anderson may exceed the, the MLE. We'll see, but I think he could be around that number. What are your thoughts on those two guys? So first of all, the the Grizzlies are kind of my darling team. So you know when you've got that one team on League Pass that you want to tune into? Mm-hmm. It's usually the Grizzlies for me. Like, I just like their team. I like how they developed through the draft and how they got some, like, you know, late picks. And they've really lent into that player development. I've been, they've interested me for a while. So slow-mo to me is fantastic. You know, he, he and as you say, it's that unpredictability that, make it make sense factor he can score he's not the greatest finisher let's be fair but he can play make a little bit he can defend a little bit can score a little bit look when you're talking about mid-level exception guys they're not elite as in tatum brown they're not gonna be perfect yeah you're not getting that type of guy so if that's your expectation you're going to be sorely disappointed but if you're expecting somebody to come in give you a boost in one or two different areas of the game hold things down, just improve your depth, improve your rotation. Slow-mo does all of that and a little bit more. I'm a big fan. Do I, He might be out of Boston's price range, but if That's, he's available, yeah. like the thing is, and I said, I don't remember where I said this. It might've been on the last episode we did. It might've just been me in a group chat. The thing that Boston has going for them right now is they're coming off an NBA finals run. Exactly. You, you can sell guys to take a discount because they're ring chasing. Hey, we were just there. We, we fell short by two games. If you're with us, we don't fall short by two games. You know what I mean? Now we might fall short by one, but we're bringing in this other dude that's going to make up the difference there. And now we're right back in the mix. So you can talk guys into this. I know that's more for veterans. Slow-mo's not at the ring-chasing aspect of his career at the moment. But that's enticing, man. So I think there's an option opportunity there. Porter Jr., I think, is the perfect fit. The downside is, why would you leave the NBA champions to join the runners-up? If well, Golden State want you back, mm-hmm. you stay. The only the only thing I can think of is like San Francisco is so expensive. That <laughs> a, mid, a mid-level contract, you live in government housing. Well, I mean, Boston, Boston ain't that much cheaper if we're if we're being real about it. Yeah, you know? true. So it ain't that much cheaper. Time. But I I mean I think I think I think financially is the answer. I just think you know with the the Warriors. I mean the Warriors. Like we're, we're talking about. You mentioned earlier. Brad and Wick were both kind of all on their different radio tours, press conferences. Like, hey, if we need to spend, we need to spend. The checkbook's open. We'll go in the luxury tax. 
you know, the Warriors are the definition of the team that's been swimming in the luxury tax for a couple of years. I mean, they're looking at a bill that's, you know, a hundred million or something crazy. Like their, their, their finances are all out of whack. So I mean, theoretically, they could pay to keep him, but I think that's probably a move on the fringes where if they don't have to continue to, you know, lengthen their tax bill, they probably wouldn't, but you know, we'll see. And that's where I think like him getting a little bit of a pay bump because he only played for, I think two and a half million this past year on the, on the war, it was an absolute steal. And I, I thought that at the time, you know, I, I think for him, that little pay bump to get back to, you know, six and a half million, just under six and a half million could be enticing and once again you know he he saw the Celtics up close in person he knows they're close like hey if I just switch sides maybe I'm still just in the same position and I can win another championship I can be you know the next um oh what was well Danny Green did this for a little bit where he was going back to back with being on different teams and then what was the guy from the from the Warriors that did this uh as well uh Patrick McCaw who did this a couple times too everywhere that's what I'm saying so I mean maybe Otto Porter's like maybe that's my career path maybe I'm just gonna go from the Warriors championship to maybe being one of the glue guys in the Celtics championship and get a little pay bump while I do it uh, I'm down like like I said I think that he's a great fit the only con- as I said the only concern I have is that if Golden State show any interest in keeping you around then you're going to stay there just because if we're being honest If they run it back, they're probably in the finals again next season. They're just too good. Until the know, man. Until, until the, 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 the West is going to get a lot tougher. So I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think the West was missing quite a few components this year and has That's a chance fair. to get a lot better. That's fair. Denver will be back. You know, they'll have Jamal Murray back. They'll have, um, what's his Michael name? Porter, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. will be back. So Denver Kawhi's will be back. back. Paul George will be back, back. full time. You know, this is. This is the Warriors, and the way my, my mentality is: until they've been knocked off their perch, they're still kings. Now yeah. we all knew when they weren't dominating for the last two years. Hey, they, they don't have Clay. Hey, Steph's been injured. No Draymond. All of a sudden, they're back. As soon as Clay's healthy, they win it again. And until you can prove that they're not that dominant force anymore, you've got to build to beat them. And oh, I think that, sure. I, I think that you know for Boston. And I've seen a lot of people throw this around. Hey, well, Chris Middleton won't be injured next season. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler will be at full health. And, and I get it. I do. I totally get it. But at the same time, you name me a team that didn't come up against another team during a playoff run where somebody didn't get hurt or missed time. Mm-hmm. Fortune fate is one of those things, man. Fortune favors the brave. you got to be there. And Jason Tatum didn't hurt his shoulder against Marcus Miami. Smart missed multiple games this postseason. Rob Williams yeah. was in and out of the lineup for the first two rounds. Like Tatum I, busted shoulder, and then all yeah. of a sudden the shot went down. Like it, it, happens it happens to everybody, especially when you're going through a slot. Um, what what was it called? A slubber knocker against. <laughs> you know, you go from one slubber knocker to the next, and then all of a Heavyweight sudden heavyweight fight. Then all of a sudden you put up against a cruiserweight, and everything's got to be finesse, and you're used to being in these bruises. And the adjustment's just too stark. And I think that was a big issue as well. I think that I don't, I think under Brad Stevens, the Celtics don't make it to the finals. But I think if they do, they play Golden State better. 
that's yeah, I think that's I think that's an interesting look at the it. guy. He like he he was the guy to bring out the dog in these dudes. He was the mm-hmm. guy to bring out the the bully mentality. But once you get against the Warriors, that bully mentality isn't going to work. That's where you need that finesse coaching. We move to a skill based game. We start running more more versatile pick and rolls. We Daniel Toy starts playing in the seams, and you do that in my head. And I don't know how I've got here from what we were talking about. But in my head, <laughs> Brad Stevens doesn't get you to the finals, but I don't think you lose against this Warriors team if he does get you there. I don't know. I yeah, this was talking I, about injuries, so I don't know how we got here. I do apologize. No, no. I mean, this, this is what happens in the offseason, man. We, we've hit off. This is this is offseason podcasting. We, 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 we start one way, we end up in another place. That's how it goes. But, you know, I, like I said, I really do think for me, and I don't know that it's fully different, is that the the fatigue factor was was such a major component of this finals that for me that that's why everything we're talking about right now with whether it's bet minimums, it's the you know the taxpayer mid level, and, and kind of what I want to get to now is your your golden list of TPE candidates. Like this has to be used. It expires. I'm looking at it right now. It expires on July 18th. You know everything I'm hearing from Wick and from Brad, and when I look at this roster. Like, tell me if you agree with this 100% in some way, whether it's the full 17 or it's a, a you know, a, a sizable chunk of it, it will be used by July 18th. Do you agree with that? Yeah. So in one way or another, Brad will find a way to either renew it for a year Yep. or to use it. Now, who do I have? I think yeah. Duncan Robinson's probably the dude. Interesting. Tell me more. Tell me why. His values low. At the moment, this is a guy that two years ago earned himself a huge payday. His off-ball movement was fantastic. The downside is, does he get time under Ime because of the defense? He's, he instantly becomes their best shooter. Oh, no doubt. But he's also playing with zero confidence. Well, you've already got a really good shooter with zero confidence by the name of Aaron Neesmith, earning far less money. And he doesn't play defense. Guess what? Aaron Neesmith plays defense. That's kind of why I think Robinson makes the most sense. Miami would want to get off that contract. Boston would like to have a shooter that's got deep postseason experience. There's a guy, okay. uh, my other dude that I really kind of like is Norman Powell. But okay. I don't we talked see about him the, a lot last year too, yeah. I love Norman Powell, but I don't see the Clippers moving him. Well, the thing with the Clippers is they're, I mean, that's, that's the, you know, the main hub of wing central when it comes to, you know, the, especially the TPE, they've got, I think four different guys that fit in that mold, whether it's Norm Powell, old friend, Mook Morris, you've got uh, Robert Covington and you've got Luke Kennard, all of which are wings that fit under that TPE umbrella. So maybe it's not Norm Powell, but definitely the Clippers make sense as a team that you want to monitor as for one of those guys becoming available. And I think I probably have, you know, I, I think Norm Powell and Luke Kennard would be my two favorites out of that group that, that I would kind of look to. But, you know, once again, they're also a candidate for whatever the hell's going on with Kyrie Irving and people trying to move around and make cap space. So they could potentially be a team that's looking to move a guy without taking much back. And that's the benefit of the TPE. So, you know, whether it's Norm Powell or not, I mean, I think I would venture to guess he's the one out of those four they want to keep the most. But I, I think the the line of thinking is there because they, they've got a lot of wings and we need at least one more in our, you know, on our roster. So Forsberg yesterday, sorry, Tuesday, 
Um, he recommended Kevin Huerta from Atlanta. I, 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 first of all, I love that idea. I just don't see what's in it for the the Hawks. Is, is they're a my mess. Biggest thing. <laughs> well, they're, they're, well, here's the thing. They're they're a mess, but 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 they also have like they have guys with value that are on not terrible contracts. Like, like collectively, I don't think what they have makes makes them into a contender or makes the 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 most sense. They went but, the Golden State route, right? They tried to amass multiple high level shooters and then mm-hmm. figure it out, and it just didn't yeah. work. Yeah, but I still don't see them. My, my point being with, with them is like, I still don't see like, they're not just going to give, and not that the TPE is you're just giving it away, but the goal of it is like, you want to take, like like I mentioned with Alec Burks earlier, the Knicks are trying to move off a contract and not take a contract yeah, back. Exactly, so you can yeah. send out, you know, a second round pick, a super heavily protected, you know, first round pick way down the line. You can send out, you know, um, you know, one of those guys at the end of the bench for a couple million and, and, and take that back without having to match. With guys like Herter and some of the other guys on the, you know, whether it's Gallinari or some of the other guys that Gallinari wouldn't fit in this TPE, even just using different Hawks players as examples, like they still have some value. So I, I don't know that they're just going to take it back. Like, oh, we, we get a future first or a couple seconds. You know, maybe if they have interest in Grant Williams, I could see that being being a route. But other than that, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I see what's in it for the Hawks to, to part with Herter in the TPE slot. And then my dream candidate. My dream yeah. candidate, and I mentioned it at the beginning of this podcast, the dream, DeJounte Murray. Not happening. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the dream, right? He fits in the TPE. Massive breakout season. You're not getting him. It's not happening. But I got a, I got a guy for you, though. Please, make it nice. Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I like KCP, but I'd rather have Kuzma if that was the case. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the reason that I, I kind of lean more towards KCP is I just kind of figure Kuzma, kind of given his age, if they're going to choose yeah. between the two, they, they'd probably lean towards keeping Kuzma, whereas KCP, maybe they're interested in, you know, like he's an expiring deal. Maybe they don't see him in the future plans. You you get a pick or you get a little bit of cap relief this year. I don't know. They're, they're, I think there's I think there's just more of a, a sight line to getting KCP that than there sense. is Kuzma. And, it, you know, he's one of ring. If I remember yep. it was in he was part of that bubble Lakers team. Yeah, he's part of the bubbles Lakers team. He's yeah. shot, you know, over the last three years, he's shot roughly, he shot 38%, 41%, 39% from three. Solid defender. You know, he's got kind of, he's 6'5", plays out on the wing. Doesn't really give you too much of that ball handling, but, you know, g- could shoot the ball and could, you know, and could defend at a level that, that keeps your defense where, you know, where it needs to be. And has won a championship. I think that's important yep. considering the lack of experience that Boston went into the finals with. Yeah. So if, if it was KCP, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Yeah. I I'm, mean, it's, I'm, it's an I'm interesting cool. list, man. I mean, so here, here's one thing that I, 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 I'm very interested because look, we, we both agree that by July 18th, this is going to get used. And I do think that ideally, you know, a lot of the guys that we're mentioning by name right now are the guys that obviously Brad Stevens is probably looking at as well. Like, this is who I prefer to use this TPE slot on. But like you said, he's not going to let it expire without at least renewing it. And renewing that might mean taking on somebody that you don't love, a la Dennis Schroeder, because you're like, hey, I got to keep this value. And so I do think there there's going to be a time where they might make a move that as it gets closer to that date and they're looking around the league and they're just not finding the, the guy they really want. 
that and I don't know who that's going to be, but maybe they make that move that leaves us coming on here. Like, I don't know if this move fits or makes sense, but I mean, you can see what what rolling that spot over can do when you look at what the Warriors did from Durant to D'Angelo Russell to Andrew Wiggins, who just played a massive role in the championship, what it means to keep that slot available. So one way or another, this is getting used. But if we don't find the perfect guy, don't be surprised if it's just a guy that maybe doesn't make the most sense. And it's really just a way to keep that slot continuing down the line. Yeah, I had someone say to me the other day, like, oh, Boston can absorb, they can get involved in a deal to absorb a guy to facilitate the deal. And I'm like, that's a rebuilding team mentality. You're not doing that. But if you're making a move for a guy to keep that salary slot open, that's smart cap management long term. Mm -hmm. Now, would I like it if they did that? No. And I'm very much, I'm going to be honest, I expect the TPE to be used on somebody nobody has thought of. For sure. Same way Derek White came in and nobody expected it to be Derek White. Same way Daniel Tice came out of nowhere. It, that's how it's going to be. It's going to be somebody nobody can see coming. And all of a sudden you've got a, and this is obviously ridiculous and it's not feasible via money or anything, but all of a sudden you've got a Jaron Jackson Jr. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to, let's do this right now. Let's make some irresponsible predictions that should have absolutely no business of coming true with this TPE, (laughs) but let's, let's throw it out there. I'm looking at it right now of the players that, that are kind of covered by it. And I'm going to throw it like, I mean, Zion's covered by it. I'm not going to throw Zion out there, but I'm just saying guys like that are, are on this list, but let me give you a mildly realistic one that I don't think will happen, but you and I, I know are big fans of Jonas Valanciunas. Give me, give me, give me all of that. Give me all of that. Jonas. I that's would my, love that's my Jonas. jam dude. And you kind of have him built in for, you know, I mean, like you have him, Al, and Rob for this year. We'll see what happens with Al the year after. You kind of slot Jonas in that spot with Rob. Like, I mean, it, it works beautifully. I have no idea why the Pelicans would do this, but that's that's my irresponsible prediction is Jonas Valanciunas for the TP. C- can, we, can we do that, please? I would love to do that. You, you, you and I have talked a bunch about. You know, another guy that we didn't talk about was, you know, in that same ilk is is, is Yusuf Nurkic, who I think, I think there's an outside, like there's an outside chance that that he could come play for the for the mid level because of his injury history. But most likely, he'll he'll get more than than what we can afford. But that's that's a very outside MLE guy, in my opinion. Give me Nurk. I'd be very happy with that. Give me Valanciunas before Nurk, but give me Nurk. Yeah. Give me both of them, man. Why are you holding on to all these good players? Do you want to just on? do you want to go full Detroit Pistons this post this uh this offseason? Just just, bigs, just get all the big. Give me all, all the, bigs. the bigs. I want all the smoke. Forget I it, want man. You want playmaking. You want playmaking. Go get K Cunningham, dude. Why are we still sitting here? <laughs> like, like, let's get crazy with it. Turn on that um trade machine override, you know, when you're on 2K and you're like, can override the teams. Let's just do that. No, jokes aside, I've gave you my legitimate ones who I think are possible. I still see people asking for Terrence Russ. I don't think Terrence Russ fits this team's style of play. He fits yeah. the TPE. Yeah. I'm just not sold that he's the guy that's going to solve the issues. But we will have our resident cap expert on next week at some point. We will have some some skill set by skill set targets, which we've probably already covered by now, but who cares? We'll we will have 
you know, we haven't even done our exit interviews yet with, with the media. I think we're going to have to skip that this year just because <laughs> the season starts in like a week. Um, summer League's coming around soon. We're going to have Summer League. I just want to end it on this for me. I want Aaron Neesmith to skip Summer League. I think it's in his best interest not to play again until the start of the season and to go down the Grant Williams route, rebuild yeah. your confidence, work with shooting coaches, get your game right, work with the team coaches, and then come back next season again. Because if, if Aaron Neesmith plays in Summer League and stinks to join up, then his confidence is going to be at rock bottom and he's probably not getting the chance to play this year. Cool. So I'd much, prefer, yeah, I'd much prefer him to just avoid any basketball until training camp. Go hang out with Chris Middleton all summer, work on that jump shot, and we'll see you at training camp. And with that, we will see you on Monday. Monday? That's a crazy concept, considering we're recording this on a Wednesday. Till then, peace out. Deuces. Au revoir. Arrivederci. Avidasane. Goodbye. Well, it's always a pleasure, my good sir. My guy. Ain't disrespecting you haters, I ain't sweating your opinion Y'all been testing my patience, never did it for a check I've been impressed with the famous, just rather be creative Than stressing my wages, ageless Every time I lay a verse down, one play at a time Keep it moving like a first down And at the end of the day, I can say that I made this MJ never made it to the majors, still he chased greatness Expected that he might fail, and I might too I might never get to pop champagne Celebrating with the crew, this ain't everything I am It's something that I do